0: Welcome once again, all you Warhammers and Warhammies. You have stumbled upon the best episode of Big M's Power Hour to date. I'm your host, Big M, along with my cohort, Cole of the Sea. Hey, how we doing everybody? Good. How are you doing this month, huh? I am doing alright.
1: Uh actually had a month where I wasn't running around to an event for a change, so <laughs> very odd for me as of late. Not that I'm <laughs> complaining.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it's a very bizarre feeling. Um, It was, it was. Well, so we're going to have a a little bit of a special uh, episode this month. I kind of want to leave this one um, a little bit closer to just the topic. So if you, so it can be used a little bit more of a guide, Uh, not more necessarily a guide, but like if you want to talk to your friends or just show them something, you don't have to worry about, oh, what happened in February of 2022, (laughs) regardless of when you watch the video, because... Um, you know, we're gonna talk about narrative today and uh, we're going to we're gonna kinda of pin it down a little bit to give a good starting point for other people. Now now Cole, let me ask you. What, I know you are are primarily a matched play player. Yes, I am. But you also like D and D, so clearly you like role playing a little bit. Right, right. Um, what experience do you have with, with, uh, with narrative narrative play? Um,
1: I have messed around with the anvil of Potheosis type stuff to make a little character outside of that. Uh, Ren fours, uh, battle across the realms is another event I've gone to in the past. Probably the biggest narrative style event I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Jeez, I can't even remember what it is. The campaign play that is current for 3.0. Yeah, Path Glory. For Hammer, of Sigmar. Yeah, Path to Glory. That's the wording. Uh, got in a little bit on a tiny campaign with that, but really <laughs> didn't go too far for me, personally.
0: Yeah, it's... Um, I really feel like you basically... In order for Path to Glory to really take off, which we'll get into more, mm-hmm. but... Uh, just like one-on-one off note here uh i, I really think that in order for path to glory to really take off you basically just need a a group where you hang out like hey every wednesday i get together with the guys and we play to Glory. you know right
1: it's definitely like a a store event type thing <clears throat> where hey at the store every thursday or whatever come down we'll do path to glory night yeah. and everyone show up
0: yeah <laughs> um yeah that's that's kind of where uh, I would like to do more of that as well. We played a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I don't think you and I ever got to play in it, but. No, we haven't yet, no. Uh, hopefully, uh, this month, we're, none of us are going to Adepticon, I forget, are you going over to Neil and Dave's? Uh, I'm hoping to be able to. Okay. We'll see, fingers crossed. All right. So maybe we'll get a little bit of that in, um. Yeah. In there, or at least we'll 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 make sure to get some in while you're not there. That's... <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me show up with it and say, ah, oh, we don't need that. <laughs> um, well, so again, I have a little bit of a PowerPoint. So I think one of the biggest, uh, or I have a PowerPoint, and one of the things I didn't really go over in there was kind of the difficulties of having a campaign. Um, yeah. So uh, I think we'll we'll try and try and remind me to bring that in there, and we'll we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll I'll say so.
0: Uh, Yeah, as far as that goes, for me, um, what's really entertaining is my first real kind of step into the community was helping the Nova narrative back in 2018, where they were trying to kind of spruce things up. And so I, um, it it was like after I volunteered, I realized that narrative really isn't for me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, says the uh, other D nerd in this right, whole chat well, that's, right now.
0: yeah and that's what's kind of weird is like even though like whenever i play D D I i really like having a personality for my character mm-hmm. um of course i kind of let it drive my choices more so than like having conversation in character and okay. so like whenever you're on the table and other people are playing out their characters and stuff like there's nothing wrong with that but it doesn't Work for me. <laughs> Fair enough. And, and like yeah. I said, I think that's, if I had to guess, I would say that's the primary form of narrative. Um, I, I think that's how most people narrative, where they have their characters, and their characters will, you know, they'll kind of play out their character on the battlefield and, and even interact with one another, you know. Uh, but that's that's not for me. So, <laughs> um, but. Uh, So I made uh, a bunch of uh, narrative hero war scrolls, uh, because I wanted to be a little different from the other options that are out there right now, and we'll go over that. Uh, So anytime anyone that does know my name, they kind of associate me with with the narrative side of things, uh, even though I'm much more of a match player. But.
1: Distracting everybody, two match play players talking to you about narrative today. Yeah. It's not.
0: No, I will say, like, so again, as someone that, and, and on top of that, I've also, you know, I went to all those same things that you mentioned. Um, I don't remember if you were in, if you were involved with Coalescence whenever that was going on, way back. Yeah,
1: I went way back whenever the Neos were setting up Coalescence and all that. Yeah, yeah.
0: definitely got uh, to do
1: that a couple times.
0: I'll tell you Found that. Out. That really struck. Uh, accord with a lot of people I, I really thought they had something i was i was surprised when they didn't make more of it yeah i think uh
1: our, my little local area there in ligonier was very disappointed that each year or whatever there didn't continue because we definitely made a big thing of it yeah uh, at the end of the day put up a big sign and had everyone take a picture in front of it saying which uh faction had won at our store and yeah. everything it was great
0: yeah i remember there because i was i was a little bit more on the inside with all that so i remember how yeah. many like responses we got and it was very high and it was global it was. um yeah. so i was a little disappointing but again there's nothing preventing you from doing it yourself or anything like that um and that's one of the things that um i have done is aaron the same guy that that got me involved with the nova narrative and the same uh, one of the people behind the coalescence did a um an event for his own little circle of friends uh, every November fifth, where he did something with the the wizard Guy Fox. Okay. Um. And so he he shared this pack with me, and I looked at it, and I was like, "It's interesting," but I kind of got a spark of inspiration, and so I kind of did my own thing with it. Uh, okay. And so. We ran two years, and then it just kind of fell off after that. Where every, you know, first weekend in November, I did a little narrative thing, uh, where it was a one-day event. Um, Three rounds is what we tried. We typically got two. (laughs) Um, No
1: need to put a time limit on it whenever it's narrative stuff.
0: Right, right. But a a great time was to be had by all, and we'll definitely Mm -hmm. go over all that uh, later. But um, yeah, I mean. Playing both and being involved in both, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the gauntlet down now and say the say the spicy statement of narrative hard, narrative is hard mode, y'all.
1: <laughs> Especially if you want to continue to do it over a long
0: time. <laughs> right. I mean, that's one of the things that a lot of people don't understand. You know, you'll have a lot of the competitive players will say match plays the hard way. What are you talking about? Narrative's just goofing mm-hmm. around, and it's like. No, no, narrative, you're taking a set of rules that has been balanced and refined like a river rock, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you want to add to it. You want to mess with the formula. And so trying to get something that is, whether it's balanced or imbalanced, that has to be intentional.
1: Right. And at the end of the day, it has to be fun for everybody involved, right. whether it's balanced or imbalanced. Right. If, and,
0: and again, like, I mean, as far as imbalance goes, like a good example of what's imbalanced is I'm going to take uh, 800 points of space marines and I'm going to put them in a fort and you get your Tyranid collection and you start right. with a thousand points and you add a unit every round and you see how long I can last.
1: Right. Yeah. Something like that.
0: Right. yeah. Like it's not competitive, that's not match play, and it might not be fully in the realm of narrative, but you are doing it for fun and you are telling a little story. So, in my mind, that's narrative.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't have to be these huge schemes to be a narrative fun game.
0: Right. Absolutely. Um, so, let me, let me get my PowerPoint presentation ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, we'll get this set up here. Okay, so... Uh, this first page here, we just kind of break down the anatomy of what is a narrative. Um, and what's funny is, whenever I first started doing this, i was I was actually looking at role playing versus mechanics. And then I was like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> so then i then I was putting it together a graph of like the y axis was how much role playing, and the x axis was how much mechanics. And then I was looking at different Very events nice. and seeing where that landed. And I was like, well. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day because it is a sliding scale and you can include ever how much role playing and how many mechanics you are putting in there. Um, and so whenever you talk about narrative, this is kind of what most people are thinking. Um, so yeah. role playing, are you actually playing a character? Are you playing an army? Does your Army have an identity, do you you know, or are you just there for the the good times? Um, you know, mechanics. This is where typically you'll see weird stuff, like uh, a table with the um the portals in every corner, and you roll a die to see which one you come out of, or you know, anything like that. This is where you can Picking up objectives is a normal normal occurrence, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the other one, the staple for basically every narrative event I've gone to, they all have narrative heroes. Um, and now, what that means is, essentially, the pack will say, "Bring an army of this many points." and you also get a narrative hero. And then the pack will tell you how to make your hero or how your hero will be made. Um, And then lastly, we'll kind of go over if you're interested in narrative, uh, where to get started. Um, So moving along here under role-playing. So for named characters, uh, this is how many named characters do you want? sometimes it could just be your narrative hero and everyone else is just kind of fodder that you're working with every hero could have a name your main general and maybe a sergeant for a unit might have a name um, you know what are they like on and off the battlefield do you have someone who is blood fury on the battlefield and then quiet reserved and shy off the battlefield and uh, you know you kind of want to role play that between rounds or you know you gotta it's something to consider. Uh, additionally, like how did they get there? You know, um, it's it's something you can definitely add to the background. Um, and then, if you are going to go this route, I highly recommend figuring out what their goal is. Um, if you figure out what their goal is, it kind of makes everything else come together. Um, so let me ask this, Cole. For bars, mm. we had to have a, a named character with a background yeah who is your character uh mine was
1: uh king lotow actually I have the card here in my background now that you're asking so <laughs> we had good old king lotow which just gonna be blurry as all get out but that's okay uh he kind of ascended through the ranks of the namardi as politically and normally as you possibly could uh got lucky enough to be born with a soul for Namardi, which, you know, always starts you off on the right path. Worked his way through, and finally made himself up to king. Of course, he needed something bad to happen to him. He can't just be (laughs) a normal guy, so he and his wife go have a child. And of course, it's one of the soulless, made into earlier Namardi. So, one of those things, he now has something that he considers to be a bad thing. And it went from just being, Oh yeah, we have to go collect these souls. So we keep some folks alive To, All right. There has to be a cure out there. There's gotta be something. And that's what he wants is to find whatever that cure is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, and, and so there you go. I mean, that's, that gives you honestly that checked everything off of my list. And, and yeah. I know we've talked about this before. That's basically how you tell the story every time. So, um, yeah. so like, for me, um, I was doing Lumineth at the time, and it didn't really work out too well. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of had a, a character that I made up, and uh, everything was kind of going well. But the problem was is I went with a lore master, and then Neil said, no unique characters. And I was like, crap. And so then I was like, all right. Well then, what I'll do is I'll make him. I'll give him the the Spirit of the Wind companion. And right. um, I was like, okay. Well, no, you, no names. So I'll go with the generic. Oh, the generic's not a hero. I can't use. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So,
1: just fought you the whole way.
0: So I put a uh, I put a lore seeker and a, and a Spirit of the Wind on the same base. And played it as a Lord Regent. <laughs> um, and so go. like so for my character, um, I, I kind of failed to come up with a goal here, which is kind of one of the reasons why I um, kind of learned my lessons as I go along. Uh, he was essentially... He was kind of like a little Jedi-ish of the Lumineth. Because um, all the book... If you read through the Battle Tome... It just talks basically about how, like, arrogant they are. Right. (laughs) Like, it's just arrogance, arrogance, arrogance. And so, like, this was, like, one character who stopped and was like, well, just because we are this good and we're good at what we do, why does that make us better than other people? And so what was very interesting is I came out with him during the first book. Uh, when the first book came out, and he was essentially, uh, he was essentially a lore master or lore keeper. What's the? Ah, oh, jeez, you're now I make said me... it. So the the standalone guy that you put on anywhere I in the book. guess. now I don't remember. Yes, I, I'm pretty sure it's lore keeper. Um, sounds right. So I basically made him a lore keeper before lore keeper came out, and essentially he was going around to the different settlements. And like trying to like gather information and trying to like help um like I actually went to say it was gonna help enlighten people. And then the new book came out and then you had the Lore Keepers and you had Alumnia or uh, not alumnia. What was the um, Settlers Reach? Oh jeez. Settler's I can't Game remember... Settler's Game. Yes, that was it. Where there's literally lumina there to, I'm like, ah, you're quit reading mm-hmm. my narrative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um now what a uh, a little bit of a counter example is the last time Ren 4 had a competitive tournament. Mm-hmm. I brought my fire slayers. And so I had my hero. Um, oh, what was his name? I can't remember it now, but um, it was a room father who was, um, I had a giant narrative Going for all of my Dwarden armies. Okay. So I had a I had a city's Dwarden army. I had a Ko army, and I had a uh, fire, fire slayers. slayers. And okay. so the the Warden King of my Dwarden army was refounding the Dwarden Kingdom. Okay. And so the Rune Father took it upon himself to in the same act of of grungni wanted to prove himself before he swore fealty to the rebuild of the the nation so i took him to ren four and got my teeth kicked in (laughs) so he never returned (laughs) so he kept going and uh so that army still has yet to win so they're still trying to get themselves proved (laughs) oh boy They still are not worthy of this kingdom. Um, Which has actually turned into a more interesting narrative.
1: (laughs) I agree. I think that ends up being a lot more fun. Uh,
0: And then what's also entertaining is, so the KO side was kind of the go-between trying to, like... Because, again, in this, in a fantasy setting, travel is very difficult. So this is essentially their scouts. They are emissaries. They are... Uh, continuing to barter with the different cities of Sigmar, so they can try and get goods. They can also get the word out to the Dwarden. "Hey, you have a home. Come back." Right. And um, on one of the missions, they went, and then they came back to the mountain where the kingdom was starting, and the warden king was gone. Uh, and the reason for that is because um, one day, whenever I was on Facebook. Someone posted about how they were trying to get their friend into Warhammer Fantasy, and all he wanted to do was play Dwarves. <laughs> oh, that's right. Now so I, I this story. sold my Dispossessed because they're, yeah, as a standalone force, they're not very good. And so I'm no, not just going to no. sit on models for no reason. Um, Understandable. So I included that in my narrative as well. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah. So let's go. So back to... Uh, Back to the story here. So then, for army details, like you just saw there, um, you know, how long has the army been together? Is it a specific army, or is it just a mishmash of troops? That this is just who you happen to be with? Do you have any special units? Um, originally, before there was a lore keeper, was like, hold on, guys. I'm sorry. We're gonna we're gonna settle this right now. Hold on. Uh oh. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep bringing him up. So, anyways, before he came, yeah. before there was a model for him, I really didn't know what I wanted to make him because the Lumineth heroes leave a little bit to be desired. Okay. Um, let's see. Where are you? Lore Seeker. Lore Seeker. That's the one. Um, and so. I actually had him starting as the champion to a warden's unit. Okay. So that was where my narrative hero was, my narrative character was. Um, and, then, and then for the last one, uh, what I put on there is what would your general do? This is really like whenever you're sitting down to actually play your narrative game, this is what you want to consider. Like mm-hmm. how much do you want to go... Chuck level where <laughs> where you've decided that your character hates, I don't know, Bellacore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're going to throw your Warden King into Bellacore, or you're going to remain tactically sound, you know? Um, and then how much do you want your characters to influence between game negotiating? And so there's a there's a topic on this. There's a, there's a, I'm sorry, a slide on this later that we'll, we'll get a little more into at that point. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you have to think, am I here to have, am I here just to roll dice and have fun? Am I here to actually play a role? You know, you kind of, that's something you want to think right. of. And you also want to kind of feel what the event is, because if everyone yes. is staying in character and doing these decisions, you don't want to be the douchebag, power gaming going out
1: of character yes and power gaming and trying power gaming and being like
0: uh yeah i'll just make decisions for whatever's most tactical as opposed to what my character would do you know right um and finally we have the whenever it comes to role playing is the setting uh how is this a persistent world is it brand new does it even matter so i put in here dawnlands which is what the setting is in the nova open grand narrative uh every year uh, they uh, they came up with Dawnlands, and every year the grand narrative changes the setting. So, like, the, the, the first year they started really getting big, uh, that someone brought uh, Nefertata, and okay. she just wrecked face. Okay. And so she ended up taking the throne, and so next year, Nefertata was actually the leader of Dawnlands. Okay, Right, so again it's, that's, yeah it is a very interesting thing and there's a lot of facets to it because, and this goes true with with narrative as a whole, like not everything has to be grandiose and gigantic um, but at the same time feel free to let yourself just play and see how it goes out, like they weren't vying for who was going to be in charge of Dawnland. That's just how the games turned out. Um, and so they let it just happen naturally, which is one of the reasons why it's as cool as it is. Um, so again, if you want to come up with a world, do it. If you think that's too much work, don't worry about it. Just put yourself in accuracy and move on. Um, so mechanics. This is arguably what makes narrative so hard. Um, You have to kind of look over, like, the standard mechanics and go, what works for my game and what doesn't? Uh, I know recently we had uh, Holy Havoc, which is a a narrative event um, that is uh, teams, and it's amazing. You know, Chuck and I went there a couple years ago. We'd love to go back. We're just kind of waiting for the world to settle down a little bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. for that this year they did away with battle tactics
1: yeah that kind of makes sense for a narrative game i can i can see that i yes. can see making up your own right. uh, battle tactics
0: yeah absolutely well. i can, I can see that. coming yeah. up with unique ones exactly um your own grand strategies you can come up with additional grand strategies additional battle tactics you can come up with something brand new it doesn't matter which is the next point new mechanics um you know you're not required to add new mechanics but if you play the game long enough you're gonna go huh i wonder what happened if we did this Mm -hmm. you know i mean there's there's the one the the battle plan i always talk about the um um Unchained Colossus, where what happens if you put a purple sun on the table and you get to right. control it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so some of the things I kind of came up with here was currency collection. Um, in my game, I put coins on the table and players pick up the coins. And then they can either hold on to them to get certain placings at the end of the game, or they can spend them and screw over everyone else at the table. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you want to make up new terrain rules, or if you want to come up with a weird way to deploy, like these are all things that are on the table. Don't let yourself be limited. Um, and then the other difficult part is the integrating standard and new mechanics. Like if you're going to, uh, again, if you're going to put in the enhanced terrain rules, Maybe you should add a couple battle tactics if you're going to keep battle tactics that deal with that to help encourage your players to actually do the like engage in the rules that you put them in. So if there right. is one of like be in, you know, have your players get in your in your a piece of terrain and fly it more than 12 inches in one round i I don't know like (laughs) right yeah uh and then like i said on there it says consider effects of balance it doesn't say keep the game balanced because that's not the point of narrative um Mm -hmm. the point is to do weird stuff (laughs) right uh so as long as tell a story at the end of the day So if it's, if you come up with something that's unbalanced, make sure that it makes sense why it's unbalanced and try and have everyone have equal access to it, sort of, or figure out a way that I said, there's a million ways to do it. It's hard to even pin one down. Uh, and then also if it's just you and a couple buddies, just doing a day thing, just kind of all be in the mindset of like, Hey, if something doesn't, something's a little strong, (laughs) We'll fix it right here and now. Let's yeah. Just fix it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, now, like I was talking about, in between rounds. Uh, between rounds is often a time where players try to wheel and deal each other uh, for alliances and favors. Don't miss the opportunity to get some secret advantages. So, if you're ever playing a game uh, and you see Chuck Moore, mm-hmm. he's going to try and get under your skin. <laughs> yeah, he <it> is. <laughs> so, just. Tell him no and and don't let him just get on it. Don't let him get away with his little plans. <laughs> it's gonna be bad for everybody. <clears> but again, this out. is this is where I was talking about with, um, you know, also considering your character. like are you taking on the mantle of your character whenever you're not on the tabletop? So if you were playing as as your king, you right. might talk to the Zinch character or the Zinch player to see, you know, try and... If I could
1: them. get something magical off of them and some sort of belief that maybe that would help my cause. Yeah. Right,
0: right. Whereas, like, if I'm playing my Stormcast and you were playing corn, if I was playing as my character, I would never... I would never... Either with Korn. the corn player, probably. Right. Yeah, <laughs> But if yeah. I know you and I are going to be on the one side of the table... I might reach out to you to be like, Hey, let's go after this guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, you'll see this happen. Just know that it is happening and don't miss out. <laughs> you will yeah. be at a stark disadvantage. <laughs> um, all right. So over to the narrative heroes. Uh, sure. This is probably my favorite part of narrative. Yeah. Getting to create your hero. Uh,
1: I am kind of sad that this is, system here on this page it was not in the next general's handbook oh, i mean uh. but that's a good thing i still have that book
0: you know <laughs> yeah i mean it, if there's one thing gw is spot on about it's letting things slip through their fingers <laughs> and waiting for the iron to cool before striking that's <laughs> mm-hmm. uh not thinking of Kurnoff in any way though that's not <laughs> no, no, no 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 never <laughs> um so
1: nobody's waiting on those
0: So the first one that I picked up or that I put down here was um, point by. And uh, as we were talking about before, that's the uh, there was a section in the General's Handbook 2020 called the Anvil of Apotheosis. And it kind of broke down a point by system. Wasn't the greatest and it wasn't super balanced, but. With GW giving us something to sink our teeth into, it got a lot more people into narrative overnight.
1: At the very least, they wanted to make a hero of some sort.
0: Right. Agreed. Like I said, I mean, why they didn't put something up on the website where you could build your character. Like I said, in my mind, this was the start of narrative. Like, this was where... um, you were going to see a mass level of it. And all they needed to do is come out with something like the Crusade book that they came out with for 40K. Oh, agreed. With this sort of thing. And it would have been, it would have taken off. Um, But, so how does it work? So you start off with an agreed amount of point total. So if you look here... So Dwarden are four points. That's clear what I'm going to go with. And Elves are somehow three points because of course they are. <laughs> so right. that's what Cole's going to go with. <laughs> yeah. Um, God damn Elves. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Your favorite, I know.
0: Uh, so uh, from there, there's going to be lists of abilities. There's going to be lists of stats. There's going to be lists of weapons, etc. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. Like I think on top of that here you had like a base... Choose to be a priest, a wizard, or a commander. Um, and so each one of those had point values as well. So if you wanted to be on a horse, like you could have a a Grot on a Griffhound with a lance and a shield, but he was also a priest, you could do that. <laughs> yep. Probably wouldn't be very good, but you could do it. <laughs> why not? Um, and then basically, you just keep picking out different things, either what's you know listed as their limitations or until you run out of points. Um, now, for the pros on this, it's I should have put balanced in quotes. <laughs> right. because again, like I said, it's it's balanced ish. Um, you can't just take whatever you want, but at the same time, Everyone has access to the same things. Um, it's predictable, so again, you know kind of what the level is. Um, you know, if someone has a dwarf army, they're probably going to make a dwarf hero. Uh, they're not required to, but using this is you're going to be able to figure out kind of who's going to bring what. And oh, you to say something cool.
1: No, go ahead. Go ahead. No problem.
0: Uh, and then, like I said, as far as controllable goes, it's easy to go. Hey, I kind of want. Like really powerful heroes. You can just crank those points up. Um, Now from the cons, it's going to be real limited. Uh, And by limited I mean, I kind of mean variety. A little bit. But you're going to have kind of limited on what you're going to be able to do overall. So like, if you're going to make a melee hero, there's only so many melee heroes you can do in this sort of situation kind of everything has to kind of stay in a box um and that's kind of like that's the only thing i really don't like about like that that to me is the biggest con but at the same time you're doing narrative so if you're doing a campaign or something you can always go like oh you you have you bought a hammer but on your last match you beat up my guy so you have a special hammer now right yeah yeah and that's very all. easily can start adding more to it. Yeah. Right. Uh, so this typically generates very similar characters that are best, uh, um, like best builds will start coming up. Like you'll see basically it's essentially the net list uh, sort of thing. And then trying to balance points can be tricky. Cause like I know in the anvil of Apotheosis there was um, mounts were considered basically worthless. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember them being very high points for just the additional movement they gave you.
0: Yeah, if they would have done something like added... I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't
1: Just make the points lower. Make it more valuable to just go, hey, be on a horse if you want.
0: I also think it should have been a little bit more... They should have added a little bit more, like you could have gotten a... I don't remember. You might have. If you had like a Dracoth or something, you got Lightning Breath. You know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, something like that would have been fun.
0: Um... So overall, what do you think of the the point-by system?
1: I think I personally like it. It's really approachable for anybody new to the idea of narrative, yes. anything like that, yeah. uh, especially coming from match play. You see points, you're like, I understand points. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: And that's actually, that's that's such a good point. I definitely should have had that under the pros, that it is very approachable and very understandable. Um, yeah. And again, like I said, I I really like it as well. Um, just because I like fidgeting with numbers and fidgeting with combos and stuff like that. So it could very easily be a, um, a thing where I would literally just spend an afternoon just going, oh, what if I made a, a death mage priest? And I don't know. Yeah. Messed around with it in that way. (laughs) Um, so, and, and again, I know I, I brought up three specific types here. By no means are this is this the... This is by no means a, a set list. Um, because again, talking about bars, with, with Neil's event, what he had you do is he had you choose a hero of a pre-existing war scroll. It could not be unique, it could not be named, and it could not have more than eight wounds. Yeah. Other than that, it was good.
1: Yeah, that's... The whole reason why i was a king i was able to fit that in there and it was
0: <laughs> just fun time yeah again not super awesome for lumina <laughs> no no i uh i i personally fought against it for months <laughs> I know you did, <laughs> but I mean, again, at the end of the day, outside of the little issues that I had with it, it worked out really well. For for yeah, no, I really did enjoy
1: bars for the yeah. way Neil had that set up.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah well, I'm, I would say mainly for like just the narrative here. Well, I guess for oh. as simple as the system was, I think it did work out pretty well. Mm-hmm. um I still wish he would let me make him champions, but hey, that's that's near here. Yeah, no. there. Well, it will <laughs> be here in two scrolls or in, uh, in two slides. But the next slide, there we go. Yeah is Ability Game. Um, so this is... Uh, I've really only seen this at the holy events. Um, essentially what it is, you... He gives you one of... I believe he gives you, like, one of a couple War Scrolls to choose from. So it's like you have Mage, Priest, Ranger, and Fighter. Okay. And then every time you finish a fight, you... He has, like, a list of, like, six abilities and... Or it might be more at this. It might be eight abilities and, like, four of them, you have to complete something in-game to access them. Okay. Um, so, like, there's a special objective. Did you hold the objective? Okay, you can now get objective holder. And, you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, Now you count as double whenever you hold an objective. I don't know, man. Okay, make it up. Have fun. (laughs) Just
1: spit all on something right now. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and then again, typically what they do is they focus on different aspects of play. So, like for me, I was whenever we went, I was going as Ko, and um, (laughs) so my narrative hero was super dumb. I loved him, but I felt bad for everyone that took their narrative hero very seriously to, to have to be next to mine. Uh, I took a gun hauler, and then I took uh, the old named um, Warden King model. Okay. And I, uh, I just wedged him in front of the driver. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I focused heavily on the movement abilities and the shooting abilities. Right. Right. And it turned out fine uh, i mean he was yeah. he was probably the best unit in my army because i had ko they are they were ko right yeah <laughs> they like boats and shooting things so <laughs> i mean
1: he he had those
0: yeah uh so as far as this goes for pros the one thing that's really easy about this is it's simple it's super simple you go what ability do i want there's an ability i want okay do my do my stats change no they're the same as they were go it's just super right. quick. And again, it's balanced because you're not adding anything too extreme. Um, now, again, with that balance comes the um, the issue of the limited growth. Uh, so you can only get so many abilities. And so once you get those four abilities, your characters kind of reach, yeah. the, reach the peak. Um, and then again, on top of that, it's kind of the same issue with point by... You don't have a lot of variety in the heroes that you're going to see, and you're not going to really feel unique uh, outside of your own story. That is, um, personally, I actually really liked this. I was surprised at how much I liked it. Um, if you saw this at an event, would you be? Would this make you more or less likely to try it out?
1: At a narrative event, yeah. I think uh, I would be more inclined to have my character gain abilities as time goes on i enjoyed doing that at uh bars as well yeah yeah
0: so. yeah i mean and honestly this is a little like bars um yeah it's um bars is a little bit more in depth because from there yeah, new Neil, Neil went much more in depth there yeah but but at the same time it also you can also level up a lot more right how how much that can carry over to the next event we'll see but um yeah i think it's still kind of you can only gain so many abilities <laughs> mm-hmm. um and then i was having a really hard time kind of coming up with this last method uh, okay. because i kind of wanted to touch on how i did things mm-hmm. but at the same time it was so i don't know how to <laughs> like, the problem is every time it's I did...
1: very unique yes and it's you're essentially going to sit down and be a rules writer Right. with you and a group of people and you're gonna start from scratch after, basically, from right. what I understand
0: yeah, yeah you're absolutely right yeah. and so like, for me um, or for what I did here, I wrote, there's no set methods and it really is just, you just spitball and come up with ideas until you come up with something it's going to take um, a very long time like, for me, I came up with 12 heroes And that took me, I was expecting, so we had a deadline of July. And so I just kind of wanted to be done. So I started in January. And I was working up until like the week before the deadline. So much for just getting done. Right. I mean, well, so first off, I was also only going to do like six. (laughs) Six, 12, that's similar, you know. Um, Well, so essentially what it was is like, so I came up with six, and I based them off Mm -hmm. of kind of, I did um, three standard heroes, like three standard D&D types where I did like the mage, the rogue, and the priest. Or, um, fighter mage, rogue, is what I based off of. And then I did three weird ones. Um, where Mm -hmm. I just kind of came up with unique stuff. Then, um, I was, I was like, I need to kind of integrate their stuff into it a little bit more, and so they came up with this system, which is actually this is a great thing to incorporate here whenever you do your story to figure out a way to overcome the grand alliances because chances are you're going to have seventy five percent order, ten percent uh, destruction, chaos. and the yeah. rest chaos. You know, like, yeah. <clears throat> and maybe a death player. <laughs> And you're going to have to work with people that you normally wouldn't in a big event. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, even still, you don't want to tell your buddy, like, hey, do you have any orcs? Well, no, I don't have orcs. Okay, well, we're only doing orcs, so sorry. You know? Right. Uh, They came up with this guild system where there were four guilds, and you forgot about your... Like, you basically shed your Grand Alliance and went with your guild instead. Okay. So I came up with one war scroll. To suit the um, feeling of each guild. Okay. So then I was up to ten, and then I came up with two right. more ideas. So I came up with two more. <laughs> so you might as well. Yeah. Right. right. Um, but yeah, so like I said, so that's going to be the biggest con is trying to balance these. We actually did a, um, we did a play test where I actually got. I put it out on Facebook, I put it out on Twitter, I put it out everywhere I could. And I actually, I put out like a um, survey and everything to try and get everything, um, to get as much feedback as I could. And I almost got 200 responses. Wow, that's awesome. Um, And there was very little that people found that was a little um unbalanced um and i kind of lucked out with that really uh so Mm -hmm. let me show you what i came up with here so this is one of them uh this is the the secret 12th one that never was released this is the thunderous equestrian uh so essentially what what i did was uh i kind of thought back to old school second edition dungeons and dragons okay so this is more of
1: our lancer here i'm seeing
0: okay well so not even so much of that so i went with the concept of balance where um so did you ever play second edition i can't
1: say i ever have no
0: so uh whenever you started as a fighter you got a decent amount of hit points you got a decent amount of armor you got a decent amount of damage per turn uh, if you went as a magic user, you got a D4 for your hit die. You needed an incredible amount of constitution to get plus one health. Uh, okay. You couldn't use any weapons other than like a dagger and I think maybe a crossbow. Okay. And you got two spells a day. <laughs> so what you're saying is you sat at the back until
1: it was time to cast fireball. You No, no. That oh, no.
0: Then... You didn't get fireball for a good long while. <laughs> Magic Um, Missile? (laughs) Yes, you would get Magic Missile, and that would do, like, 1d4 without having to roll it to hit. (laughs) Okay. And you could do that twice a day. So, Mm. but at the end of the game, so you had, like, the fighter who just had a steady progression. So at the beginning he was strong, at the end he was strong. And for for magic users, they were god-awful terrible. And if you could make it to the end with them, they were... Unstoppable, unstoppable behemoths. <laughs> okay. And so, if you let them get to that point, then you deserve. Congrats, it. you earned yeah. it. So yeah. that's kind of what I did with these. So, um, I I tried to put a lot of wounds in there, and at the point at that time, a four up save people would go nuts about because this was early second edition. Um, okay. And then I gave them uh, a profile, a, a, an attack profile. Uh, so under requirements, this was basically what kind of model you would have to bring. So if there was any sort of limitations, this is where it was. This was one of the few that had the limitations where it basically had to be something on a Mount or it had to be something like a Minotaur. Okay. Then in order to balance it out as well, there was a thing we called a claim, which is essentially experience points. Every single war scroll, gained acclaim differently okay so for the thunderous equestrian he gained one acclaim every time it successfully completed a charge all
1: right seems pretty doable especially with the movement he has he should be able to set himself up to get a charge
0: off yeah and as he goes up higher in level the better he becomes at it so like he gets the ability to like charge through a unit <laughs> okay and just keep going and so he does mortal wounds based on how many models he trampled over uh yeah but then there's others like I had one called the meek escorted which was based off of like somewhere between Rasslin and and Bilbo uh where he literally his he he started off with an attack called frightened swipes that had a rend of plus one. <laughs> That's not good. That's, no. that's the
1: opposite of what I want, Matt.
0: <laughs> but at the end, he had an attack that was doing five attacks at uh, threes, twos, ren three, four damage. So you could get him through being <laughs> a frightened soul. Right. And so there was, turn, there was additional balance there because his acclaim was, at the end of the round, if he didn't take damage, he gets one acclaim. Or at the end of the turn, he gets one acclaim. Okay. And so you basically have to hide him and keep him safe while your opponents go, shit, that's Amika scorted. We got to get him. (laughs) Nice. And so then you also have the issue of mid-game where he's kind of getting good. Oh, I could really use him here. Oh, do I want to risk it? (laughs) Right. And so as the game goes on, you just tick up your acclaim, and then whenever you hit the points, so like Lightning Gallop, gained a 10 acclaim and the the thunderous equestrian rolls three dice and discards the lowest when it attempts to charge additionally you can re-roll failed charge attempts Jeez. so as soon as you got 10 acclaim you had access to that ability okay so like i said this is something that i'm still super proud of um i i really like these guys i kind of look for reasons to use them again um so I, I apologize, everybody. I know I brag about them a little bit, but... It's okay. <laughs> that is perfectly fine. Uh, uh, in all honesty, if anyone wants to see them, if, he, if anyone wants to comment, what I'll do is I'll put together a, uh, a zip uh, a zip file, and I'll put it on my Google Drive, and I'll share out a link to it if anyone has an interest to the, to the group of War Scrolls. Um, I have no problem doing that. Um, um, so moving along to, to how to get started. Uh, so... Probably the easiest first step is, I'm pretty sure all, I put almost all because I'm sure either there has been or there will be one that doesn't, but almost all battle tomes have one or two battle plans in there where it's based around your army. So like for Fire Slayers, I know Fire Slayers have one where you take your terrain feature and put it in the middle of the board and your goal is to light the fire before your opponent kills you.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a very narrative mission to
0: me. Right. Like I said, I've looked through a couple of them, and there is not a non-narrative one to be seen. <laughs> Good. Good. Um, <clears throat> and then, like I said, for the General's Handbook, I think this was the first one that didn't have narrative battle plans in it.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, I think we're normally used to seeing these uh maybe we will get something like the 40k version where we do
0: get nothing but narrative in it. I mean, I at would at some point, what? this is one of the things that, that drives me up the walls. Like they feel like it, it, to me, it seems like they put in there that like, Hey, narrative, you just do whatever you want. And then they just kind of like said, we told you to do whatever you want. I don't know. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, but in 3.0, they came out with the next one I have listed here is path to glory. Uh, essentially it's a little bit of it's a it's a kind of a map campaign sort of there's no real map you could easily incorporate a map Uh, and it is a good way to do a campaign it's a good way to build a force Uh, you start off very small or can start off very small Um, and it's pretty good at actually growing your army um this is very uh choose your own adventure in the way that you can pick your mission and everything. Yeah, yeah, you pick your mission, you pick your quests, you pick your everything. And this, I think, is a good time to talk about campaigns a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest issues with campaigns is growth because you don't want to just, I don't know, like kind of take your army and smash it against your buddy's army over and over again. While trying to tell this evolving story when your army itself isn't evolving. Mm. The problem is, if you get awarded for winning, then all of a sudden... Crap, Cole won, so now Cole has an advantage over my army that he already beat.
1: (laughs) Right. It's only going to get worse from here.
0: Yeah. Right. And so that is very typical. Like, I know that the battle companies plan for Middle-earth... Um, is very notorious for that as much as I love it. Uh, you basically at some point you have to just give your opponent a bone and be like, hey, reinforcements mm. showed up. <laughs> right. Um, and Path of Glory kind of limits. You can recruit more, uh, more units, um, but that doesn't mean you can use them. And so that kind of helps a little bit right I, it just increases the pool that you
1: have which can be a bad thing because now you might have a tool that deals with whoever it is you're playing against right
0: and like I said i mean you're always going to have some sort of imbalance at that point um mm-hmm. it i don't know i don't know what to do with that sort of thing i don't know if like if every time you lose you should get a a triumph it wouldn't hurt i feel
1: like if you're going to set it up uh, winners should get something, but the person who lost, you almost want to give them as much or more on their loss. Maybe just going through a different chart in yeah. order to help them be the victor next time go around.
0: Yeah. Which which is why I think we need a Path to Glory book. Yeah. Um, or we'll argue. we need our, our our neon buddies to, uh, to come up with that yeah. something. <laughs> um. And we'll get into who Neon is at the end of the video here. So Mm -hmm. uh, the next one thing I put in here was Triumph and Treachery. That's going to be something that um, you're going to hear occasionally. It is a little bit of an older rule set. It it did start in in Warhammer Fantasy, and it did have rules updated for last edition. But I'm pretty sure we kind of are going to put it in the closet at this point with Path to Glory and how successful it is. Um yeah I think you're right sadly um I do enjoy
1: the idea of Triumph and Treachery where it's a four person brawl but I think it is going to be something that uh Games Workshop themselves aren't going to put any more effort into it right
0: now <laughs> right and, and in all honesty like I know Bars started as a Triumph and Treachery mm-hmm. event and the more and more we look to Triumph and Treachery the more and more we realize it's not suited for AOS um for the for the events that that I was running, I did the exact same thing. I started triumph and treachery, read the triumph and treachery rules and went Bleh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and kind of shied away from them. Um, right. The biggest thing I had was you picked who your opponent was that turn. okay. And so like, only affect one person essentially right. And so like to me, I felt like that was very short-sighted so like say if you know you me, chuck and alex are playing a game of triumphs and treachery i charge in you know alex charges me so then my turn i charge chuck and then my turn comes around again and i'm losing both those combats and i just pick you as my my foe, and and you're on the opposite side of the table like what (laughs) yeah no i understand um all I, whenever I do it, all I ever do multiplayer games is whoever is whoever you are in combat with during the active player's turn are the only combats that happen.
1: No, I like that. So, if it, player again, A and player B are in a fight, and it's player C's turn. Player right. A and player B don't have to find
0: out who won their fight. Right, right. That's on your turn, but everyone who's engaged with player uh, player C, all those fights happen. Um, so like I said, if you hear Triumph and Treachery, that's what they're talking about. It's, um, it is newly, uh, archaic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, now as far as events go, events are always great. Uh, whether it's competitive, narrative, whatever. Um, if you want to start local, I guarantee you, if you ask around your local, uh, from the game store, they will have something. They'll have at least a nugget or someone else said something. Uh, if not go on the Facebook, there's like for, I know for us, you know, we're, um, I don't know if you consider yourself Pittsburgh
1: or not. Yeah. Yeah. Close enough.
0: If you just go into, into Facebook and do Warhammer Pittsburgh, you get about 20 results.
1: Yeah. You get quite a few different pages. You will find someone in your
0: local area. And uh, and then of course, if you know how to use Discord, go for it. Um, yeah. I know Fabricator Forge has a Discord, and they use that to organize things all the time. Um, and from those from from the local, you'll typically find the regional stuff. So that's what Battle Across the Realms is. I'm sure Neil would say it's more of a local event, but when you have people drive from four to five, six, seven hours away, it's now regional. Yep. <laughs> I think I think, the the cutoff point for local is right between, like, 16 and 20 people.
1: <laughs> I agree. Once you're over a 16-person event, yeah, yeah, people are making a move to come to see you. It's
0: now regional. Uh, yeah. So, if you hear, like, again, if you hear anyone talk about anything, just ask about it. I know what it is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and for people that don't know, if this is your first episode... <laughs> Right, uh, battle across the realms is an event that Neil puts on once a year uh, in middle of nowhere, Ohio, <laughs> under the the Ren yeah. Four um, Club, and it is a narrative event where he has uh, all these tables spread out across uh, battlegrounds. The uh, the name of his the game store that he runs out of and each table is its own realm and so each realm has their own artifacts and eat, and then of course there's new types of objectives. So I expect that we're not going to worry about grand a lot or grand narrative or um, grand strategies and battle tactics there. No,
1: I can't imagine that we will. Either that or your army will have to make up its own. Right grand strategy or something like that
0: right and so uh essentially every round you have to go to a new table and you have to figure out what you're there for you know um right i <laughs> i think he's steering away from that last year that was literally the um was the goal is you had to come up with your own goal uh, right and i think a lot of people liked it more than i thought they were going to but I don't Mm -hmm. think Neil was a huge fan of how it played out, so I think that is changing. Uh, I don't think I'm under NDA, so I don't think I said anything I shouldn't have said. (laughs) Um, But, like, for me... He'll come for you, don't worry. I was playing as Lumineff, and my goal was to stay in Hish and protect Hish. Right. Well, I don't know why, but round one, we finished first, and so... because So he was doing it on... Whoever finished first got their preference first. Uh, and so I wanted to get done as quickly as I possible so I could stay on Hish. So like, Hish, boom, bam. And he sends me to Shaiish. I'm like, what? What? I'm like, okay, well, there yeah. goes my goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then for national events, you're going to have, these are the big ones. So this is where Nova, Adepticon, Nashcon, uh, LVO... Uh, I don't know if Nashcon and LVO have narrative events. I I know for a fact... Go ahead. Uh, I know for a fact Nova and Adepticon do.
1: Yes. I don't know if Nashcon does. I feel like I don't remember seeing it, at least this past year. Uh, Who knows, once things open up more and they can get more people in there,
0: might change. Right. And and if it is at uh, LVO, you have all of the frontline gaming events that they would be present at. So right. uh, You know, oh boy, you'd have a whole can of worms open for you there. And then um, the other real big one is Holy Wars and Holy Havoc. Um, That takes place in um, Midwest uh, up near Chicago, just on the, the rural areas of, of Chicago. And Steve Herner has put together, I don't remember how many tables he's up to, but, uh, he put together these near professional level just amazing terrain tables where essentially it's you and your partner versus your opponents and all the bo- all four of you are also fighting against the table.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just saw photos of the table not too long ago. The event wasn't too terribly long ago. It, no. It, was- it is beautiful and just hearing the stories of how yeah, the the army across the table is actually kind of an inconvenience for what you are attempting to do <laughs> in comparison to what that table
0: might do to you. You'll see there's one that, um, it doesn't look that bad. I think it's Iran. There's a giant tree blocking the middle of the table. And uh, that tree killed more Endron riggers than my opponent did. <laughs> oh, lovely. Hmm. Quite uh, the Whomping Willow, or oh, whatever absolutely. you want to
1: call it that, huh? Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, and then the last thing I put on here is don't worry about being too new. All skill levels are welcome. And I tell this every time we talk about any event, whether it's competitive, narrative, or whatever. People just want you involved. Yes. The more people, the better, always. Honestly, the only ask is be comfortable with your with the base rules even if you have to have your war scrolls out there, just try and know the base rules and try and know your, um, your own army a little bit. Yeah. Right. I would just say, even if you can just get down your allegiance abilities and be somewhat yeah. familiar, like as long as you don't have to open the book every turn for every movement of everything. It's fine. <laughs> just yeah. play, have a good time. <clears throat> um, and then the, the last part of how, how to get started making your own, uh, this is a hobby about doing everything yourself. So, um, making your own is only a natural <laughs> evolution. Uh, so, there's a lot of things you got to consider. So, first off, you have your scale. Is you are you just playing with a buddy? Are you playing with a bunch of buddies? Are you doing a campaign? Um, you know, because all of those things are going to impact how you do things. If you're only doing a one-off game and you want to do narrative heroes there's no point in coming up with a leveling system. You know? Um, right. Honestly, there might not be any point in coming up with a narrative hero sort of thing, and it might be, everyone gets a mega. Yeah. <laughs> why, why not? not? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then points and army comp, and the reason why I put army comp and sla- uh, points slash army comp is because you don't have to use points. Right. Uh, you can do old... St- School open play rules where you go. Oh, you're gonna bring bunch of namarty Fine, I'm gonna bring a bunch of. I don't know what counters namarty <laughs> I'd yeah, probably yeah, better fine. Play. Fine. What counters namarty
1: Anything that just does a little bit of damage. I mean, the Marty follow over. They've only got a five up armor save, um, so he's yeah, got to yeah. hit him once.
0: Um, and then you got to figure out. Uh, you know, whenever it also comes to the size of armies, is everyone going to have the same army? Is it going to be one big army versus a bunch of small armies? Uh, you know Where where you want to do that? Uh, and then for balance, again, we've brought this up a couple times here. Is the intent for it to be even like a match play game? Uh, or is it intent for things to be broken? Uh, I will get into a couple examples whenever I get into my event. Whenever I kind of go down here. And then for win conditions, because one of the things that I always feel about narrative events, I think one of the best opportunities to get away from that win-lose is to try and figure out what's the goal. If the goal isn't simply just whoever gets the most victory points wins... You know, this is the opportunity to do that. Uh, and I'll kind of get into that as well wh- whenever I get to my example. So, again, that's just something to think about. It doesn't have to be a win-lose. It's just what happened. How did it play out? Did my army get decimated? Did both of our armies come down to, like, one one hero on each side just slapping each other?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, like we were talking about before, come up with a time limit. <laughs> Uh, narrative games do take longer, so, um, come up with a time (laughs) limit. So, here's uh, the example that I came up with, The Misbehavior of the Great Wizard Fox. It was a four-player game, and, or there's four players at the event, and all games were four-player games. Uh, it was one day, three rounds. I used the standard AOS 2.0 rules, and what I did is I had gold coins, I literally just bought a pack of gold coins, fake gold coins off of uh, e, uh, uh, off Amazon. And what I do is I would put them all over the table, just everywhere. And if you ended if you walked through or ended within 1 inch of a coin, you picked it up. Okay. As soon as you had those coins, you could then buy spells. And the spells were essentially a way to... So the, the gold was the Great Wizard Fox's treasure. Like, that was his money. And so you, if you gave it back to him, he would then favor you with a spell. Uh, one of the good examples was a damaging spell. Uh, it was like five coins to do D3 mortal wounds to a unit. Um, wow. But if you you could go up. So if you gave him ten coins, you could do... Uh, D3 Mortal Wounds to every unit in a player's army.
1: Okay. That could be very
0: scary. (coughs) And then I think it was like 15 was to do D3 Mortal Wounds to all other armies. But then to make it fun, for four coins you could do D3 Mortal Wounds to every unit on the table. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, just here you go, here's your money back. I know this is gonna hurt. It's okay. <laughs>
0: uh so what's really funny is one of the ones that was my favorite is this was again, whenever KO came out and I was trying to convince Chuck, no, it's a bad army. And he was like, No, uh, you just haven't given it a chance. So I came up with a spell called the SS failboat and what the SS failboat was is you had to spend 10 coins and you gave somebody a the frigate war scroll. Okay. And they got control of a frigate. All right. If the frigate was on the table at the end of the turn, they want to be paid for their um for their, uh, service. for their services, so they take 2d3 coins and they also take 2d3 victory points. Wow. Um, so there's only two ways to get rid of the SS fail boat, and that is, um, A, it being destroyed, but it's on your team, so you can't attack it. Right. And then, two, pay the original cost plus plus the plus one for the number of times it's been given to someone else. And you give it to someone pays them off to go somewhere else. Yes. Oh boy. So Chuck being Chuck, he wanted to show me how good the frigate was and that I just wasn't using it properly. Mm -hmm. So he gave one of our friends twelve coins to cast the spell on him. Okay. Because he's like, Well, can I just pick myself? And I said, No, the spell says you must pick a a a, an opponent. Another player, yeah. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And uh so, so the other player did it, and he was stuck with this thing the entire game, and no one cared uh, about it. They just stayed outside of three, and they're like, what are you going to do? You're a dumb freak. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, and, then, no. like, and so getting into the goals here, I came up with, uh, as opposed to just you know, win-lose, I came up with right. metrics of whoever had the most and least of coins, victory points, and kill points. Okay. And so because of the fail boat, it put him right in the middle of both coins of and victory points. So he got yeah, nothing. Did. <laughs> and Ugh. and so one of the things that I did here was like I-, I can't remember offhand, I'm sure I could find mm-hmm. the book somewhere, but or my pack somewhere, but like the person that had the highest victory points determined where you know, which deployment zone was each player's. Okay. But the person with the lowest kill points determined the deployment order. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so, again, it was this great way where, okay, who? Oh, you know, yeah, you got the most victory points. Good for you. However, right. that just lets you you get a pre-game move.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Something small. Right. But yeah.
0: Uh, and so, basically, what I wanted to do for this is I wanted it to grow. So, uh, for round one, it was the skirmish rules. It was a free for all. And then for round two, I didn't want to worry too much about points. So, I just let everyone just use the old path to glory rules, which was basically like you picked, you had a hero pick, and like it told you how many number of units you could pick from a list. Okay. And so they did that, and that was a free for all. Then going into round three, it was a fifteen hundred point two v two game, where the person with the highest kill points, um, and the person with the highest uh, victory points, were on a team, and then the other two players were against them, and they were in a castle, and they just had to siege them and take their money. All right, there we go. <laughs> um, and like I said it was a it was a super awesome. Uh, game and whenever I was making this up you know Morgan even said like we need to do that again
1: <laughs> sounds like a fun time
0: yeah and and actually this is another point that I wanted to kind of bring up with mm-hmm. uh, making your own one of the things that one of the kind of the extra things that comes in with playing a narrative game is you have to decide does my game need a game master hmm Uh, I personally prefer having a game master whenever it comes to narrative because if you are being the GM and you see something kind of going a little bonkers, if someone's getting... uh, We actually had this, I forget which year it was, but there was a year where someone was getting a little too strong. Right. So, um, So what I did is I gave the person who just had like three quarters of their armies wiped. I gave them my, um, mega boss on mock crusher and said, you can put this anywhere on the table. Um, as long as it's within six inches of the table edge. Boy. <laughs> and I said, I'll control it, but you put it wherever you want. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's going to go after whatever's closest. And so that, because of that, it was that little thing where it was, we adjusted on the fly, right. and we got to have some narrative fun with it. Like, oh shit, a friggin' orc showed up, <laughs> not just right. an orc, a friggin' war boss, you know? Right. Um, and that's actually uh, the event where my, um, Mockrusher got the got the name Muffins. So, Muffins, yeah. I don't think I've gotten to hear that story. I'll have to hear it sometime. Uh, that was just the name chosen. That was uh... a <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and then, so of course, I have to tout. I have to. I have to gush and show off. Uh, I sure. have a friend that is a. Uh, he's an artist. Uh, he for fun. He doesn't really do anything professionally or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. He doodles a lot. He's the one that actually uh, put together the the. Um, all my Champion War Scrolls. He was the one that did all the formatting okay. because I couldn't I couldn't quite figure it out, and he nailed it. Uh, he yeah. asked me if I had any projects, and I told him about this event coming up. So he actually made me a piece of art to share with my players, and um, he did a great job Very combining cool. the 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 anonymous mask, kind of like modifying it a little bit, taking it away mm-hmm. from the original source, and giving it that mischievous. Um, a puppet master feel like you can see here. He has the little chains going down over the generals and whatnot, and over the boat. Um, this was perfect. It's so captured yeah. everything I was thinking of, and um, it, it. You're not going to believe it when I tell you this, but he is not familiar with Age of Sigmar. I mean, he did quite a good
1: job for <laughs> limited knowledge of what he's doing here. Yeah.
0: He literally went to the Games Workshop webpage and was like, found some armies that he liked the aesthetics of and just added little bits of them. Wow. Yeah. So uh, the last frame I have here is, if you're looking for more, uh, we brought, I talked about them before, Neon. Uh, This is the organized narrative play group for Age of Sigmar. Uh, They have a website called wearetheneon.com. They show off all of the all the events they know of that are going on. They have um, things that you could use. Uh, they have uh, gaming aids. They have ideas. You just go to them for anything you need. They're so great. They they're so passionate about all this. Um, y- you definitely have to uh, have to check it out. Um, I'm. I know they started whenever I kind of got involved with everything, and so I wasn't sure if the if they were still active or not. So I kind of looked them up just yesterday, and like, no, they have a post from like just a couple days ago. Like I was like, they're they're always posting.
1: <clears throat> Good. I do remember this is the group that was doing the uh, the worldwide narrative thing we were talking about earlier, right? Yeah,
0: they were part of it. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, that was basically the American branch because I know there was a couple okay. British guys involved with Coalescence as well yeah but yeah so that was um, because uh, again like whenever I think of whenever I hear narrative I know a lot of people's eyes kind of gloss over
1: yeah I don't think you're wrong I think a lot of people go oh so nothing that really pertains to me
0: whenever <laughs> right. you say that yeah. and, and I think it's because they don't know they don't I think it's a misunderstanding more than anything mm-hmm. else um I think you need to realize that it has as much potential as you want to put into it. And on top of that, I think the biggest issue is, is it's just that, do whatever you want. Okay, well, I'm just not going to do anything then.
1: Right, yeah, a lot of people look at a blank page and go, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, I'm not going to ruin a
0: perfectly good blank sheet of page. (laughs) Right, yes, exactly.
1: No, and I think, uh, especially if a lot of work gets put into a narrative event, it can very easily be much better than any sort of match play event. Because at the end of the day, match play, whenever you show up, unless there's some sort of odd rule for the event you're going to, they're all very cookie cutter and similar in nature
0: well i'll tell you like i'm i mean i might remember some standout opponents uh Mm -hmm. at at my at the grand tournaments that i've been to i don't really remember too many games however i still remember almost all of my holy havoc games good
1: good yeah that that speaks volumes that event (laughs) that you remember what
0: happened there right i remember I forget what um, what the name of the table is, but he has this interesting like structure in the middle of the okay. table, which is like it's a bunch of like blocks just like glued together in like this weird pattern. And I've seen it, a picture of it. Yeah. Well, so that moves and does an ridiculous amount of damage. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And so um, on the game before, we were on the. Uh, the Altar of Corn Table. Okay. And Chuck completely left me hanging out to dry so he could get so he could get Marathi on the altar just so he could take a picture of it in-game. Oh, jeez. So this game was where my guys decided to settle their grudge on Marathi, or uh, Tayrathi, and, and so I shot it directly at her. <laughs> oh, jeez. And her opponents were like, What are you doing? Right. (laughs) I'm like settling a grudge. Like, don't let us stop you. (laughs) Yeah. All you buddy. (laughs) So again, like I said, it's, and again, that's coming from someone that loves mechanics, loves balance, loves Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. So don't think that it's not for you, especially if you haven't tried it. Uh, Worst case scenario, try it one Sunday. If you don't like it, don't do it again yeah but again like I said it's as easy as going to your battle tome and finding the battle plan and going hey do you want to try this out Saturday (laughs) alright yeah
1: yeah yeah those missions are great and they tell a little story in there as well so it's just fine to go with those and see oh hey that was kind of fun to have a
0: different goal than what we're used to let's try that again yeah um but yeah so uh so that's I think Everything I have to say about narrative. I know I did a lot of talking this month. Cole, is there anything you wanted to add that I kind of skipped over? No, I mean, as much as you say you're not in the narrative, I think you are the person
1: I know who is very passionate about it. (laughs) And you enjoy it whenever you do get the chance to do it. And so every time you do, you want it to be something everyone remembers. Yeah. I think that's how narrative is supposed to be. It's supposed to be, hey, we're all going to get together together. We're just going to relax, have a fun time. And this very well may not be anywhere near balanced, but (laughs) everyone's going to remember this epic thing that occurred.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think if I like, I like uniqueness, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I like to me, that's, what's memorable. And so I, whenever you do have narrative, it's your opportunity to put a signature on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I said so. Even though yes, ninety nine percent of what I do is match play, and I kind of avoid the um, how dare you, knave! I shall get the. I kind uh, of <laughs> I, I steer no, clear I of that understand. the same way I steer steer clear of, of larping. <laughs> right. Um, but at the same time, yes, there is an aspect of narrative that I absolutely love, which is the 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 added mechanic stuff where it it mm-hmm. just cranks the chaos up to 11
1: <laughs> yeah does that gives you a wonderful excuse to explore the Age of Sigmar narrative and yeah. everything that's going on there too so especially for a lot of match play folks or just folks in general trying to figure out what's going on in the Age of Sigmar lore this might be a good excuse for you to sit there and go you know, figure out what on earth is going on in the mortal <laughs> realms right now Yeah, so we can do a narrative
0: companion based on it yeah, so maybe one thing what I'll do is, um, you know, I was talking, Morgan was asking about, about doing the Guy Fox thing again. Maybe what yeah. I'll do is, uh, I told her we'll we'll think about it whenever, uh, you know, if ever the, the Sylvaneth book comes out. And maybe what right. I'll do is I'll figure out trying to put something together at Ligonier. Um, Sounds great. And, uh, and maybe I could release the pack and we could talk about it for an episode.
1: That would work for me. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be great. All right. explain well. the, the epic deeds that would happen over that <laughs> day of gaming
0: well I'll tell you I don't know what people are going to do with the with the hour I'm giving them back to their day <laughs> I don't know it's almost like you're on brand right now this is
1: kind of <laughs> odd <laughs> we gotta find something to bullshit about for the next hour
0: just to keep her <laughs> going oh <laughs> well, don't worry I have a feeling next month we're going to have an extended episode um, because we're both yeah. getting our battle tomes yeah so excited you're so excited i'm excited to okay. talk about it <laughs> i i will talk to make up for the
1: excitement you have it's okay
0: We're it'll be it'll be a counterbalance it's gonna be yes it'll be uh, fine i'm gonna do i'm gonna do this and you're gonna need to do this to bring it down to absolution that's <laughs> it'll be all right we can do that all right. So uh, we'll see everyone next month whenever I start my uh, hiatus from the game until the INF uh, narrative uh, or the meta goes away. <laughs> ah, they won't be completely meta. It'll be fine. Oh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'll It'll show you all, you bastards. I'll show yeah. you all. <laughs>